Shay, dude, Andy Goodman here. Loving your podcast, but please, for the love of God, sort out the sound levels on your music. My eardrums just can't take it anymore. Welcome to the Game Master's Journal. I'm Che Webster, and these are my audio notes, recorded here and there between my gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a raw and rough journal, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. You have been warned. Hey Andy, good to hear from you, thanks for your call in. Right, sound levels. Had a few comments about this over time, and ever since really halfway through Series 3, we managed to level out everything. i got to be honest, the opening music to this is highly distorted guitar, so if that bothers you, there really isn't much I'm going to do about that, because I like driving guitar. That being said, what I have done is re-edited all of the intro and outro sections, and I'm also going out of my way to make sure that the levels on the vocal speech are more equal. This takes a lot of time in editing, but, you know, for you, I guess anything. Anyway, look, I don't want you to take this as me being, you know, miffed about anything, because I'm not. I am not, however, a sound engineer. I am a guy sitting in his front room recording a podcast, and I'm doing my best. So if anyone's got any suggestions, I'm more than happy. Honestly, Frank T and I, we've even had a big chat about it via Messenger the other day, and I've got to be honest... He didn't have any clue either. And this guy, he does sound on movies for a living. So, hey, there you go. Anyway, I'm going to stop waffling on about it and get on with the episode. Ooh, there's some more messages. Hey, man, it's Joe Richter, and I'm just calling in for two quick reasons. One, to tell you that you got a fantastic show, man. I especially love the GM's Journal. And two, to let you know that I totally agree with you that taking audio notes is a great way to improve one's uh, GMing skills and abilities. Um, my group, we just started, we turned our regular gaming session into a podcast, a weekly podcast. And so being able to go back and listen to those episodes has completely changed the way I GM. It's helped me uh, be more consistent, more coherent. I haven't switched. We've been playing the same game for over a year now. I think that might be the first time I've ever run a campaign this long. So yeah, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. Taking audio notes is a fantastic resource for any GM. So thanks very much. Peace out. It is so good to hear from you, Joe. Thanks so much for calling in. Your energy, that's infectious, man. Really love it. Thank you for the comment. And yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess you're agreeing with me and now I'm agreeing with you back. But hey, GM Notes, really good to take notes through the week. And I guess, hmm, yeah, maybe I need to take the plunge and record my actual sessions. Although, to be honest with you, I'm kind of dreading what I hear. (laughs) Anyway, um, and, you know, will the guys let me do it? That's another good question. Anyway, man, brilliant to hear from you. All the best. Game on. Hey, Jay. It's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. Maybe it's because I'm pretty inexperienced as a role player, or maybe it's because my experiences have happened in indie games. But I don't think of the term game master as being about mastering something. I think of it in terms of master or mistress instead. And really, what you could master, it sounds like you are. I don't know 
I mean, I guess you could master the art of railroading people down a certain path. I don't know. But, I mean, it doesn't sound like you play that way anyways. But I just, it's, you know, when you said that, I thought, oh, I don't even think of the word master that way in that context. So, anyways, sounds to me like you do a great job and I would love to be at your table. Now there's an interesting thing, Liren, something I hadn't even really thought about particularly, the use of the word game master and in obviously in my last episode mastery i've always seen game master in two ways really one is like you said master or mistress as in the person in charge at a gaming table although in charge isn't really quite right for me because i think you're really just the arbiter and the organizer perhaps of the session i think players bring more than we often expect from them and often can bring a lot more than sometimes they do but the other side is mastery as in you know really and truly understanding and having a expertise and this comes I guess from Gary Gygax I read in the 80s his book on game mastery and that was very much about going through if you'll pardon the phrase levels of expertise Gary seemed to think and give me the impression that there was mastery as in expertise, as in becoming better at something to be had. And that's what I strive for. And I guess in three areas, um, I've come to understand role-playing games as mastery of, yes, okay, the game rules, which I think I struggle with the most because I flip-flop around with games, but also game structure and the game world. Surely as a game master, I'm seeking to become the master, the expert of the game world that I'm running, whether I created it myself or whether I have, you know, learned and I'm using someone else's. But, you know, really, I feel like mastery there is possible. And I also feel with game structure, the most important and most overlooked thing, learning to run good games, you know, making games of high quality and yeah I do genuinely believe that mastery is something I'm striving for and um so I guess you know if you've never thought about it that way I um wow okay (laughs) but I kind of think I'm going to stand by what I said and I am seeking mastery in in both senses and um you know that's where I'm at anyway it was fabulous of you to call in because it's given me this little you know two three minute opportunity to clarify what I was on about and Liren seriously I, I appreciate that I really do so Wow, see, call-ins are so valuable, so immensely important. Excellent stuff, Leah, and thanks for calling in. I so appreciate it. It's brilliant to hear from you, and I hope that you're well. Hey, Jay, just listening to your response to our Fed's message there, and although I personally wouldn't have used the word draining, I know what he's saying. Obviously, it's no pleasure for us listening to you having a tough time but that's not to say it isn't important that you put that stuff out there um regarding a recent episode where you know you forewarned us that it was going to be negative and you weren't proud of what you had to say um i thought that turned out to be a really interesting episode so um just bear that in mind if you're thinking about censoring yourself okay Keep those episodes coming. Take care. Hey, Spencer. Good to hear from you. Yeah. What Arfed said has sat with me a little bit over the last week or so, you know. 
Um, I did out of the last episode. I cut a tiny little bit uh, near the start of the week simply because it was kind of miserable. And then that didn't sit very well with me, actually, to be honest with you. I didn't feel very honest. And so I guess over this week and what you're going to hear and hear is uh, the only thing I'm doing differently, I'm not cutting anything. Um, I've decided very much I believe that I need to put it in warts and all. Um, But what I am doing is I am thinking twice. If I'm in a low mood, I'm asking myself, do I really want to pick up the microphone? And perhaps that's a healthier approach. That being said... Honestly, if I'm feeling strongly about something hobby-wise, I I think I owe it to myself to express it. I think it's helpful to do that and get it out there. And I guess the point of me doing this GM's journal is that it is not censored and it is honest. So, I don't know. I guess R-Fed, you're going to have to like put up with the old moment of down. But I am hoping that I'm more up. And I'm hoping that, you know, people around me are quite right when they say... I don't know, I think I've come a bit further than perhaps I often give myself credit for. Anyway, man, I'm just waffling again. So thank you for the call-in and thank you for the encouragement and thank you for saying that and pointing out really that the episode where I really wasn't proud of the criticisms I was making of gamers around my table. I wasn't proud about that at all. I'm still not, but at least it proved useful to someone and that's good for me to hear. Thanks, man. All the best. Hi Jay, it's Rob from Manchester here. Uh, I'm just catching up on your GM's journals and other episodes after having a couple of weeks off. It was fun to hear my name mentioned, even if you didn't manage to get that game of Numenera in. One day you'll get there, one day. Um, Fortunately, I've had to take a step back from the ninth world and role-playing in general. I lost my oldest friend and role-playing compadre uh, in the last week. And really, it's just a message to all GMs to say, appreciate your players, appreciate other GMs, appreciate the people you game with, because you never really know how long you've got with them. Trying to get back to it now, but the ninth world's just going to have to sit on the shelves for a bit, because it's a bit too raw to go back to. Keep up the amazing work, and I've signed on as a Patreon now, so uh, yeah, keep going. Cheers. Bye. Um, Man, I'm really sorry to hear you lost your buddy. I don't know what to say. I don't know if you know, I'm an Orthodox Christian, and one of the things that we always say when somebody has died is we we use the words memory eternal. And I think that I love those words because they say volumes about what it is we value about people and how we should remember them. And it is good to know that they will always be remembered. So man, I'm sorry you lost your your buddy, and um, yeah, thank you for reminding me that um, I need to value those guys around my table. Okay. So the other thing I really wanted to say to you was a big thank you for becoming a patron, and that just sounds so crass having just heard about the loss of your friend, um, but I do really appreciate you coming and, you know, throwing some cash in the jar and and supporting me and supporting what we're doing and. Man, it means so much to me. Maybe um, when you do get over the loss of your friend and you do feel like a game of Numenera, maybe we really should try and organise a game and uh, I'll have to maybe come up and see you or something and have a game. I'd love to join in and I think I'd really love to sit at your table and uh, and sort of absorb your passion for it all. Um, in memoriam, perhaps. 
Anyway, Rob, so fantastic to hear from you. And um, once again, my condolences. God bless, man. It's Saturday, the 3rd of August, and um, RPG A Day 2019 is away um, at it. And today the topic is Engage. I just photographed um, my uh, contribution for RPG A Day, which is a copy of my Star Trek Adventures role-playing game starter set, which came last week, um, with a note saying, this has been far too long, <laughs> I haven't actually opened it, so I thought I would do a quick unboxing. And um, So here I am, I've got my copy, and I'm going to yeah, literally unbox it and have a look inside and just see what's there. I really am curious. those who don't know, I'm a very long time big fan of Star Trek. Um, and yeah, I've took part in Star Trek Adventures um, playtest phase, actually ran uh, a couple of scenarios at school with the kids. They really enjoyed it and then not done anything since. And the reason I grabbed the start set was partly out of curiosity and partly because I was a little bit out and part of me thinking on, in September, maybe it'll be nice to run it, a bit of science fiction as a change. Um, so let's go inside, let's have a look. Nice box set. Um, first thing, dice. Okay, so there are two D20s and four um, special six-sided dice which basically have um, icons on them. These are for damage and stuff. These look slightly different to the ones that I bought separately. So they're kind of different. They're, well, at least they look that way to me. Maybe I haven't paid enough attention to the dice I got. They're all nice. A 19 and a 20, fantastic. Um, there are some counters. So um, there are alert counters and federation counters, which are falling out of the thing even as I touch them. Um, and there are some tokens for characters, which I presume are going to be this is a ship and um, various faces, and then Dorian and other things. Um, and then there's a sheet with what well, I presume are going to be the bad guys, as they look very much like Romulans, and a couple of Klingons, and two Dideridex class ships, that's cool. Um, so some tokens. <clears throat> I'm guessing those are going to be momentum tokens um, and such. Um, we then have um, a map. So they don't do like, they do these kind of area maps which are. Um, Divided up into zones, it's very much a zone control kind of game. Um, so maps. Okay, so I've got two sheets of these. Having a look through. Um, so it's interesting. So I've got map two point two point four is some sort of ship layout. Looks very much like a Dilithian chamber and an area around um, engineering. You can see from the top above, there's a interesting. And the other side, uh, two maps, 4.3b and 4.4. Um, that looks like a serious hole breach, and that looks like some kind of um, pathway or ruin somewhere. I guess I must be spoiling the story here. Um, and then there's some more top down ship stuff as some, some sort of cave map and what looks like I'm presuming like a target grid thing with spots on it which I'm guessing is going to be for starship combat I'm not entirely sure 
Um, so yeah, two sheets of mats. I'm going to just tip stuff out, actually. Right, what have I got? First officer, player character, the first officer. Commander Linares Loss. Character sheet um, for him. <clears throat> so on one side you've got all the traits and attribute values, and on the back you've got a mining officer reference sheet, which kind of tells you about minor actions and tasks and things that you can do. It's got kind of like a quick reference, really. Looks very much like a panel on a, a next-gen starship. It's kind of cool. So we've got first officer, a con officer, it's female, lieutenant commander, Lian Zhang. Same layout, just kind of cool. Um, player character, chief engineer, lieutenant junior grade, Han Odell. Cool. Uh, Chief of Security, Lieutenant Commander, uh, Quelas Zareth, Andorian. I always did like Andorians. Um, yeah, each of these characters on their back sheet, they've got literally the panel layout panel, and um, it's kind of like the tactical display on the back of the tactical officer and the sensor and internal systems reference on the back of the Chief Engineer and stuff, so that's kind of neat. Medical Officer, Lieutenant Tuprell. Guess which race? And then USS Magellan, which is a Federation starship. You've got a, a Galaxy-class starship. Um, and stats on one side and reference sort of chart on the other side. Com conflict momentum spins. So I don't know what that's about because I really haven't got into starship stuff at all. And then two booklets. You've got the Starter Rules, Star Trek Adventures Starter Rules. Um, and Star Trek Adventures... The a star beyond the stars starter campaign which looks really really cool so the adventures um, rules book has got um, an introduction welcome to your first assignment and then basic operations rules of play um, so kind of explaining about how things run looking through looks kind of very nicely laid out gorgeous art awful color really lovely um, next chapter on conflict so we're talking here primarily battle. Brilliant picture of some Starfleet officers fighting in a corridor. Really love the art, actually. It's it's so good. Um, and then we've got Starship Rules, how to play Starship Rules. Um, at the back, it's really nice. Um, and Starship Combat Rules. Um, beautiful picture of a Defiant taking on some... Um, uh, Starships in battle, absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, that's the rules. So on the back, you've got some kind of reference sheets and stuff. Nice, very nicely done. And the Star Trek Adventures Star Beyond the Stars campaign. So it looks like there are three uh, three parts to this. Three uh, looks like three adventures. They're set up with a sort of campaign overview chapter, which. Um, so I don't want to spoil much here, so I'm just going to, going to give an overview of the whole thing. Um, and everything you need to play is in, apparently in the kit, which is great. And then you've got three adventures, or three parts to this campaign, which look like they're individual adventures. It looks like each adventure, each adventure has an introduction, three acts, and a conclusion. So it's very much a, a narrative-driven style game. It be a challenge for me, because, you know, not my usual style, so that's kind of cool. Um, and it's really a full colour all the way through. You've got um, an outline 
of the scenes, kind of like bit by bit, loads of gorgeous artwork and stuff, um, and the stats and stuff there. So it looks like it tells you as you go through how to resolve stuff, which is kind of nice. This booklet is, we're we talking here, 50 pages, 49, yeah, 49, 50, yeah, 50-odd 50 page booklet, which is absolutely great. And you get a voucher on the back for 10% off the Star Trek Adventures core rule book as well, which is very nice. Show me I already own it. Great, okay. So, yes, I've got, so going back through them, we've got a campaign booklet, we've got the starter rules set, we've got character sheets and a starship, we've got tokens and battle mats, and we've got the dice sort of a minimum set of dice that we would need to pop those back in the bag uh, to play the game. Or 20 quid from Odiphius. That's Star Trek Adventures, the role-playing game, starter set. Awesome source. Hey, Sunday morning, 4th of August, and uh, just got up. It's about 5.30 in the morning, so I'm sneaking around the house while Deb sleeps. Just had fantastic first thing. Uh, new new Patreon patron, a uh, guy called Tim Baker. So Tim, thanks so much for coming and joining the community. And uh, yeah, it just really made my morning actually. Just completely wake up. New person supporting World Play Rescue. It always makes me feel great and uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, so Tim, brilliant, welcome. And um, yeah, no, hope you're enjoying the show. Game on. Sunday morning, um, just been scratching an itch really today and uh, sat down with GURPS character building software and I've created two henchmen, uh, 62 point characters which could be either allies, um, which in GURPS terms is, you know, characters play points to have people who are, you know, dedicated allies or hireable henchmen. Um, and uh, I just thought it was kind of cool. So I created uh, a guy called Tobias, who's a guard, um, and a guy called Alfred, who's a torch bearer. I couldn't resist. <laughs> but anyway, um, got those done and printed them off. And I'm sort of just thinking about how they're going to fit into Grimm's Fort and um, how they might become available to the characters, really. And I'm kind of thinking it might be necessary in the first early part of the campaign to offer the guys a few jobs from a um, patron, I guess. And, of course, the patron can pay for a couple of extra henchmen initially to give the guys a sense of, of how that works. So that was how it was going, really. And I kind of enjoyed making them. It didn't take very long using the character-making software and the templates, but um, just that little bit of flavour, really. Um, it's all cool stuff. There you go. Hey, so it's Monday. Um morning really and I've just driven a hundred and what is it 128 miles or so east from Nottingham to my parents home in Norwich in Norfolk uh, where I grew up and I suddenly realized sitting here that I am sitting in the room wherein my hobby started I'm sitting in the room wherein I smuggled the box set of the second edition of RuneQuest away my father and I opened up the box and this role-playing hobby started in this little what is it eight foot square room 
something like that. Back then the bed was up against the window, which is now to my right, and yeah, the colour was different, and there really wasn't <laughs> all of the bookshelves and stuff that there are now, but this room is really like a little box dumping room now, my family's house, but um, this is where it started, guys, and I'm sitting here, and I suddenly realised that, you know, you guys are probably vaguely interested in that moment of realisation. <laughs> I don't know. But it is cool. I'm looking around as well at all the things that are formative in my gaming years. Up on the top shelf, uh, on one of the shelves in here, is a copy of the board game Armour. Um, which, of course, is one of the most formative um, tabletop chit and board war games that I ever played. Um, it comes from a range of games. Uh, Panzer 88 and Armour is one of those. And um, looking around the wall, looking around the bookshelves, sorry, I'm looking around the walls here if you like. There's so many things that come from my childhood. This is where it began. In this room. For good or bad. <laughs> oh man, that's weird. Thursday morning, so at my parents. Random thought time, really. Um, so over the last two or three days, I've been reading my way through Dungeon Fantasy 16, Wilderness Adventures, which has been good. So waity time. Um, sitting here with my copy, it's like 50, 60 pages. Um, <clears throat> but it covers everything about how to adjudicate your stuff in wilderness adventures, you know. So as I'm moving towards building a hex crawl, everything I need is in there. And it's kind of interesting noticing the difference between the slightly more abstract systems that I might have used and driven from basic set D&D, for example, which I'm using, by the way, as my touchstone because I want to create that style of play. Um, but actually, how Gertz deals with things is obviously A, more detailed, and B, very different. And this led to a thought this morning. So um, I was thinking about what if I wanted to include an encounter of, of, say, some goblin scouts who ride wolves, whether or not that's a doable thing, I'm not sure yet. But it's one of those tropes, isn't it, wolf riders? Um, and, of course, I realised, it just struck me, this little thought that actually in Gertz is not going to be a, here's a goblin wolf rider which I might find in um, other games, what I'm going to have is I'm going to have to think about, all right, okay, so first of all, what's a goblin? And thankfully, Dungeon Fantasy does give me some stats for that. But, um, and, you know, what's a wolf? And I put the two together. Um, but then, really, how the game works is that you ask the questions that you need answering, um, and the system is there to help you adjudicate those things. So, for example, how fast does a wolf rider move? Well, obviously, that's going to be the speed of the wolf, what happens if the wolf rider gets struck by in combat? There are rules for you know him or her maintaining their balance on wolf uh, on back. You know, make a riding skill check, whatever it's going to be. Off the top of my head, I guess that's what's going to be. By the way, I haven't looked it up. Okay, so what's my point? My point is that learning to play GURPS is about learning to think differently. Instead of going um, reading my game book and it suggesting various situations to me. Um, 
what I'm doing is I'm thinking about, okay, so what is the fiction I'm trying to create here? What is the situation I'm trying to create? Okay, how do I adjudicate that? How do I deal with that? So I can set up the, the, the fiction, but, you know, then I th imagine the kind of things that might happen. And what I'm doing in terms of learning to master this game is saying, okay, well, how would I adjudicate that? And what I'm finding is, of course, GURPS has an answer for pretty much everything I've asked so far. And that is really, really heartwarming in a lot of ways. And this is that thing about crunch versus um, winging it, you know, and kind of like adjudicating on the fly. Again, I come back to my assertion that games played for a long period of time um, accrete rules. Rules build up over time. Um, of course, that's what's happened since 1983 with GURPS. But what the fourth edition does very well is reorganise all of those notes, makes it very accessible. As long as you come at it in the right way, I think the point is I've got to come at it with the questions I want answered. And as a games master, instead of you know falling back on the suggestions that I made within a within other games, um, I feel very much that. Um, I can do whatever I want. I've just got to do the legwork, a little bit of spade work to set those situations up. And I'm quite happy and enjoying doing that. I think as a GM, personally, I like investing the time in creating those situations and learning how to adjudicate them, um, even though that is time consuming. I think my hobby is very much focused around, you know, creating imaginative situations for my players to enjoy and this is the way I can I can handle that so yeah good I don't know random thought does that make any sense don't know all right I'm home it's Friday um, or oh, about one o'clock uh, I've been home a few minutes from my trip to Norwich to see my parents and there's mail so um, I have two things really first of all I have a bag um, which I think is going to contain dice. Um, this is from Canada, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, in a moment of weakness, guys, basically I ordered uh, a set of dice on a kind of subscription thing, and then in a moment of um, sensibleness, I cancelled that. Um, various cards here sorry um but yeah basically i've got a set of quite nice uh kind of jimmy type dice uh polyhedrals quite ironic given that i'm basically not using polyhedrals these are sparkly inside so they're sort of yeah cute um being colorblind i can't tell you what color they are and they sent me a bonus d10 in a different color which is a nice thing it's also sparkly in fact i kind of prefer that sample to be honest but you know it's all good so a new set of dice because you know Never have too many dice, let's be honest. Um, and then a big box. Now, this is um, from the United States. And I believe, I know what it is. So I'm gonna try and feign surprise, unless there is genuinely a surprise. This is from, addressed from Stephen Shenault. Anyone who knows that name knows the company. Go through these packing chips, and by the way, these packing chips dissolve in water, they're made of corn. And hook out what's in here. My goodness, there he is. 
some tominess inside. So, what I have is a whacking great binder, um, which is actually kind of cute because it's American size. I'm kind of walking away from my mic, aren't I? Carry the mic. Here we go, right. Um, and essentially, it's the Monsters and Treasures Compendium for Castles and Crusades. I just recently done um, a new printing. Is it fourth or fifth printing? I can't remember. I will check when I see the notes in a sec. Sorry, there. wonderfully, there are packing chips inside the binder, which contains books and pages. So I'm just removing those. Now, sitting on top, as I open the binder, you have, surprisingly enough, there is no pages in the binder because they're in a separate block, which I can see underneath. But the first thing in the binder is a copy of The Amazing Adventures Companion by Jason Vey, which is a um, print copy of an expansion bo uh, book for The Amazing Adventures role-playing game. Also have Rise of the Red God, um, which I believe is by Jason Vey, and is an um, adventure for um, Amazing Adventures. I have The Amazing Adventures Manual of Monsters, um, which is very nice, and again, did have on PDF. And I have a second copy of Amazing Adventures by Jason Vey um, for using the Siege Engine, simply because buying all those books, including a copy of the Bakersfield Court World book, was like 30 bucks or something. So I couldn't say no really, and I've got the complete collection. And then at the bottom is the Monsters and Treasures uh, pages that go in the binder. So essentially this is like a bit like, I suppose, the D&D 2nd Edition Monsters Compendium. Um, they kind of done a version of that for as a limited, I believe. It's the fifth printing of Monsters and Treasure, and I thought it'd be kind of cool because it's easier to reference by pages, I guess. Um, so there you go. That's my stuff and haul. Um, just check the bottom on that, and also because I just love running my fingers through chips. Okay, good. Better stop waffling, and I. Game on. Today is Saturday the 10th of August and um, the RPG A Day 2019 word is focus and that's really got me thinking about the need to focus on my campaign. So this morning I got up and um, I got a, a little notebook which contains on the left hand panel hex maps and on the right hand panel sort of lined paper. This comes from um, squarehex.co.uk which is a really great little company if you need like paper and stuff like that but anyway I, I i basically took the time to um do a sort of large outline hex of a six mile hex into one hex intervals i guess that makes some kind of sense i don't know anyway kind of took a hex a six mile hex and broke it down into one mile hexes and um kind of plotted that out today using like some um, pens in the hand and uh this is kind of a freaky thing for me drawing by hand i i always feel very self-conscious about it not being a good artist um but anyway did that and made some notes and really enjoyed the process actually so i think i might try some more of that i think what i might do is i've got my big hex map which has six mile hexes and 24 mile kind of regional hexes but i think i might come down and um and do the one mile hexes for anywhere that's a kind of key location and I guess over time I can kind of expand that. But it was quite fun to do. Um, and making some notes on um, sort of random creatures and stuff. 
Anyway, I guess I'm blithering, but I just wanted to sort of say I'm back to it and focus is the key word, I think. I've got to focus on my campaign. And so this coming week where I'm at home alone um, and I have some time, that's what I intend to do. Game on. That's it for another episode. Please let me know what you think and drop me an Anchor voice message to share your response. Either use the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash rpgrescue slash message. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime, all that's left to wish you is a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster and this has been a Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal episode. See you again next week. Game on.